Hello and welcome to the new Digital Age PMU podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women that have taken part in the Practice Makes Some Perfect programme. A course developed in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. So, Sanika, hi, and thanks for hi. joining us on the NDA PMU podcast. Hi, hi, Justin. Hi. So, before we kick off, let's find out a bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? Where do you do it? All that sort of thing. Uh, my name is Sanika Tilve. I'm based in Bombay, India. I'm a life coach. Um, until earlier this year, I used to work uh, in advertising uh, as a brand planner. I've have almost a career of a decade long career and um, for the past four or five years I've worked as a life coach and I've always wanted to transition full-time into it so this is the year I've uh, chosen to do that in order to help people connect the dots. Congratulations good move so first of all I mean the obvious question is why did you want to be a life coach in the first place what was so attractive about that career? I think for me, the most um, fascinating part, and I feel that this is what I was put on the on this earth to do, is to help people connect the dots back to themselves. Um, and I think that this has come from a place of being able to do that for myself. And then from there came the realization that I want to do it for more people. Uh, I want to be able to help more people. Um, and that's where it came from. Okay, interesting. You used to work in, in advertising. So were there any particular things in in that industry you, you thought that uh, spurs you on even more to become a life coach full-time in terms of what you saw is needed in this industry, I guess? Um, well, not just in advertising. I, I suppose I see it in a lot of other professions as well. But I think that um, what fascinates me more about uh, life coaching is that once someone gets even a slight sense of self-awareness, I think there's no going back. There's no switching back into who you were. So there's almost a sense of being on autopilot for a while. And then when you when it hits, it's it's not one epiphany, obviously, it sort of you know lines up. But uh, once that does start to kick in, then it's almost like going down a rabbit hole. It's slowly like unpeeling the layers of an onion and really exploring yourself. And uh, the more you explore, the more comes up worth celebrating as well as you realize that there's more to work on as well. Okay, fascinating stuff. So let, let's move on to talk about sort of the main subject you want to talk about, which is a really interesting specialist moment, empathy in the workplace. Uh, so first of all, I mean, tell me before we move on to talk about the the difference of this in the in the world of remote working that we're all living in now but empathy in the workplace why is it so important I guess also have you seen any big change over the last last few years I think empathy in the workplace is a very um, interesting topic that's not talked about uh, frequently at um, say you know town halls or um, sessions uh, especially in the remote working environment where people congregate online um, it's almost like, yes, we have to meet once once a month, every Friday. Uh, there may be games, there may be company developments, but no one really stops to ask, okay, how is it that you're doing? Um, and usually people have these four or five calls lined in the day when you're working remotely and no one ever stops to ask you then either. 
so um and then you yourself i think develop the sense of being in art almost and i think that's happened to a lot of us it happened to me when i was working full time uh, in advertising where it's almost like no one really cares and no one really asks and i think that's where it becomes really important because if we sort of lose our human connection which was very much there um when we met one on one um then can we really you know work as effectively as we used to because i think a great part of and i know that i'm speaking primarily a lot to the advertising marketing audience as well um a lot of the work that we do in creativity also comes from that sense of human interaction and i think that if that doesn't come through consistently then i think that we lose that part or that connection to ourselves and that's where i think empathy is very important in the workplace so it's fascinating especially when you talk about sort of creativity in in our industry and how important empathy is Uh, and obviously we've lost a lot of the personal connections or the physical personal connections we used to once have. Uh so tell me how you think that empathy and the obviously you talk about can still be delivered effectively but in a world where many teams don't see each other anymore or see each other very rarely in person. I think that primarily you know not being able to the first thing is people not being able to see each other the ability to not you know you're almost impeded from reading the other person's visual cues and so you don't know what's going on for someone else um in a meeting room in a normal scenario when you walked into a meeting room you would be able to read what's going on for the other person and understand here you're sort of treading and checking based on the inflection in someone's voice if you can even guess what's going on and so um i think for most people i think video calls has been one interesting way to sort of combat that but not everyone's uh, say comfortable being on video all of the time um second i think that when people are physically separated what everyone's sort of primarily craving is almost a sense of validation and affirmation and so they need to know that they're being seen heard and even accepted for what they're bringing to the table which is not to say that as a manager you can't give someone less than positive feedback it means that you can it can be as simple as tell them what went well what could have gone better and then work with them to you know see how what ways are there that they can perform better or the project can go better and i think that just to extend on that i think asking reflective questions really helps because and this is something that studies have shown that most of the time people are really struggling with emotions like very primitive emotions like fear and shame and so building rapport and asking what it is that you're really afraid of uh, what is it that you're struggling with again it comes back to the point about feeling seen and heard um that really helps in terms of someone actively listening and engaging with you and being open two different perspectives coming up i think those are the things that really help um demonstrate empathy in the workplace and they are little little things um it feels a bit hard to sort of develop but when done when it's like even when you show up a little bit the other person feels seen and heard and it it starts from there you know, you know like that feeling seen and heard is so important what what do you think uh, about 
video calls. And I've talked to people about this a lot recently and, and people having their uh, camera switched off. I mean, it's a tricky sort of minefield, really, because a lot of people don't like it. But at the same time, as you say, you know, the importance of being seen uh, for human connection is so important. So what do you think about this idea of importance of having the video, you know, your camera on? Should companies insist camera on in meetings? Yeah, it's very interesting that you asked that. So when the company that I was part of when we first went into the lockdown, they actually mandated that you have to have your cameras on. And it didn't go down well at all. Um, there would always be 10 minutes of, if there was a morning job list call, there would always be 10 minutes of people squabbling over. I don't want to be keeping my camera on. Yeah. And so I think at the heart of it, it's in this sort of tumultuous environment, how how much can you enable you know your people to feel psychologically safe enough to be, be seen? Because for them, it's not about avoiding you in any way it's more like I don't really want to show you what's going on in my house it's it's not about not showing up on camera it's other things it's feeling seen in a way that makes them feel unsafe so I think that when it's done in a way that it's gentle done in a way where the person probably proposing it is the one that's showing up and saying you know saying it in warm ways rather than enforcing it as a policy I think that really helps for, um, again, it comes down to building that rapport and really making people feel comfortable with the idea of being on video calls. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So to finish up, what would be your your three tips to, to a company, to a manager, to anyone in terms of how they could help increase empathy in their own workplace? What three things would they do, do you think? I think... Um, I think following through on empathy, I think empathy has three parts to it. One's thinking, feeling, and acting. And I think that when people bring up concerns, it there's a lot of thinking, there's a lot of words, but your employees and your team is also observing if you're following through on those words, if you're actually acting on the feedback that people have shared with you. And it's easy to put a feedback form in place where, which allows employees to sort of air their grievances, but are you really doing something about it? So following through in terms of action, along with the thinking feeling part is really important. That's number one. Um, Number two, I think that there's almost a tendency to minimize problems. And I think a lot of it comes from how empathetic and vulnerable you can be as a leader. And again, a study, a 2018 study has actually shown this, that, um, you know, about 60% of people would said that they they happily take a pay cut to be in a more empathetic environment. And so as a leader, can you put yourself out on a ledge to be willing to have someone else reach out to you and extend that hand? I think people really watch that. And it's not about watching you as a leader publicly fail. It's how human you can be outside of that position that you're in. And then finally, I think it also comes down to, and it's sort of linked to the second point that I was making, managing your own emotions and conveying where you stand, not as a leader, but as an individual and how you are doing um, in that work environment, both to your seniors as well as to your juniors. So you could be a manager talking to to a junior, 
you could be a, a leader for them and it, you're also a junior for someone else. But there's also a place where you're an individual and you have opinions and you're feeling certain pressures and you're feeling optimistic about certain scenarios. Where do you really stand and being able to convey that in a manner that's human rather than something that's conveyed on email in the right jargon. I think people really see you for who you are when that happens. So being able to manage your emotions very well becomes an important part of that. Fantastic. Well, really great to have good advice. And Sneaker, it's been great to chat to you. I think this there's no one, no one listening at the moment who would need to hear this sort of stuff. So it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Um, really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.